Hello, and welcome to the first of the Eccentric Earth minisodes. I'm your host, Amy Walker, and I'll be taking you through a story from history. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. I have a dream. One day, this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in the world will little note no longer remember what we say, but it can never forget what they did. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Nobody knows exactly when Stubby was born, but he was found in Connecticut in the United States. According to several news reports, he first enters the historical record in July 1917 as an ownerless stray terrier. Yale University's football stadium was the site of Camp Yale, where the soldiers of the 102nd Infantry, part of the New England-based 26th Yankee Division, were doing basic training prior to their deployment overseas in World War I. News reports would later recount Stubby wandered onto the massive field where the soldiers were doing exercises. He was not an impressive sight. Short, barrel-shaped, a bit homely, with brown and white bridled stripes. Stubby lingered around Camp Yale after that first appearance. J. Robert Conroy, a 25-year-old private from New Britain, forged the closest bond with the dog. The two were soon inseparable. Stubby learnt alongside his army companions, and within weeks, he knew all the bugle calls and drills. He'd even learnt how to salute his superiors, placing his right paw on his eyebrow. In September 1917, a few months after Stubby first embedded with the troops at the Yale Bowl, the 102nd prepared to ship out. Conroy, however, faced a problem. What was he going to do with the dog he had adopted, and named Stubby? Dogs were forbidden in the US military, but Conroy managed to keep the stray a pet throughout his three months of training in Connecticut. Getting Stubby to Europe would be more daunting challenge. The troops travelled by rail to Newport in Virginia, a newly designated port of embarkation for soldiers heading to France. Here, the 26th Division was slated to board one of the largest freighters navigating the Atlantic, the SS Minnesota. The New York Times describes how Conroy eluded the ship guards by concealing Stubby in his American-issue greatcoat. He then spirited the dog down to the hold and hid him in the ship's coal bin. When the ship was far enough into its journey that it could not easily return to port, Conroy let Stubby out of hiding. Now free to roam the freighter, Stubby proved popular with the crew. A machinist on board fashioned Stubby his own set of metal dog tags, and by the time the troops disembarked in the port of Saint-Nazaire on France's western coast, Stubby was the 102nd Infantry's official mascot. When arriving in France, Conroy once again snuck Stubby through the military checks. However, once they were ashore and Conroy's commanding officer, Colonel John Henry Parker, became aware of the dog, he planned to have him sent back to the ship. His mind was changed, though, when Stubby saluted him, winning his respect. Parker was a gruff, intimidating man, a veteran of the Spanish-American Wars, but gave special orders that Stubby remain with the 26th. The dog, it was said, was the only member of the regiment that could talk back to Parker and get away with it. In October 1917, one month after landing in France, the American Expeditionary Force entered the Western Front. The raw troops of the 26th Division were brought to the Lorraine region of northeastern France to train with more experienced French troops. They would go on to take part in four major offensives and 17 engagements. In total, they saw 210 days of combat, and Stubby was there for all of it. 
Stubby remained with the 102nd throughout the training period. Initially, he didn't serve in an official capacity, but the dog was allowed to stay with Conroy, even when he went on assignment as a dispatch rider delivering messages to command posts on horseback. On St. Patrick's Day in 1918, bells and klaxons, the signal of a poison gas attack, ran out along the hillside in the Marne, where Stubby and Conroy were stationed. For a full 24 hours, German gas shells rained down. Somehow, the dog and his master survived. However, Stubby was injured by the gas and rushed to a field hospital where he received emergency treatment. The gas attack left Stubby extremely sensitive to minute gas traces, and as such, when the infantry came under gas attack early one morning when everyone was sleeping, Stubby ran through the trench, barking and biting soldiers to wake them up. As a result, the regiment was saved from certain death. On April 5th, Stubby became a private first class, his first military rank. Stubby also became adept at finding wounded soldiers stranded in no man's land, standing beside wounded men and barking until help came. On April 20th, the German infantry led one of its first attacks against American troops. Almost 3,000 German shock troops fired and overwhelmed a small contingent of 600 American soldiers from the 26th. Fighting was so intense that Major George Rao, commander of the 102nd, ordered his cooks, truck drivers, and even the marching band into the fight. The Germans claimed victory, leaving 81 Allied troops killed, 424 wounded, and 130 captured. Stubby got his first war wound during this battle, when a German shell fragment lodged in his left foreleg. By June, Stubby had recovered and was back in action. When the 102nd reached Chateau Thierry in July, the dog evidently learned to recognise a uniformed enemy soldier. Stubby's rage at the sight of a German uniform was reportedly so savage, in the words of the Associated Press account, that it was found necessary to tie him up when batches of prisoners were being brought back, for fear that trouserless Germans would be reaching the prison pens. In the Argonne, Stubby sniffed out a lost German soldier hiding in nearby bushes. The dog gave chase, eventually dragging the soldier back to the 102nd Battalion. The Iron Cross medal that had been pinned to the German's uniform thereafter adorned Stubby's army coat. His actions earned him admiration, and he was promoted to the rank of sergeant. While waiting out the trip home at the end of the war from France, Stubby met his first of three presidents, Woodrow Wilson, on Christmas Day 1918. According to reports, the two reportedly shook hands. Four months later, on April 29, 1919, Stubby and Conroy were demobilised at Camp Devons in Massachusetts. Stubby was popular after the war. He attended the 1920 Republican National Convention, which culminated in the nomination of Warren G. Harding. Harding officially received Stubby at the White House in 1921, and in 1924, the dog passed review for Harding's successor, Calvin Coolidge, three times. When Conroy went to study law at Georgetown, Stubby became the university's official mascot, a predecessor to the Hoya Bulldog of the present day. In December 1922, the New York Times reported that, for the first time, the exclusive Hotel Majestic on Central Park had broken its own rules and allowed a dog to stay overnight. Stubby was made a member of the Red Cross and the Animal Legion. The YMCA conferred a lifetime membership on the dog, stipulating that he was entitled to three bones a day, and a place to sleep for as long as he lived. Stubby died in his sleep in Conroy's arms in 1926. Today, he may be the last decorated World War I veteran that you can still see in the flesh, as his taxidermied remains are on view at the Smithsonian. Thank you for joining us for our first mini-sode. I hope you enjoyed the story of Stubby. 
If you want to follow us online, we have Facebook, which is www.facebook.com forward slash eccentric earth. Our Twitter is at eccentric underscore earth, and we have Instagram as well. If you want to write in with any suggestions for future episodes or to contact us for any reason, our email address is eccentricearth at outlook.com. You can find us on all major podcast providers and on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.